Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto, Billy, the chart analysis expert, and just me on this beautiful Friday. So I am very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Ripple could be confirmed by the United States Faster Payments Council, debatably saving America as global regulation continues to move forward. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we've got a bunch of fantastic news prepared for today. But first of all, how you feeling, my friend, and great sleepless. Uh, abs, I am feeling great. The sun is out, so the guns are out. It's nice and warm. I love as we move towards the summer weather. Of course, there ain't no guns here, but everybody likes to say it, so it sounds good. But anyway, yeah, I'm doing great. I love to see my man, Billy. Uh, I'm so proud of him, guys. If you could have seen this man on stage last week at the at the conference, boy, I'm telling you, you would have seen confidence like, I, like you had never seen before. But it was super exciting, Abs, for, for everybody who was there, uh, just to see our whole team grow and 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 um and all the information man it was just love in the room all over the place and by the way abs i don't know if i said it you did a fantastic job up there on the stage hosting that thing that again i'm not surprised because you're the best host in the world but it was fantastic so i love you guys oh i gotta forget good morning to all the war maniacs out there love you guys appreciate you and hope you all have a great weekend Absolutely. Thank you so much, Johnny Crypto. Very much appreciate the shout out. But we got Billy, a.k.a. Double Bottom, joining us. Billy, I've got a bunch of great news prepared for our listeners, and we're going to start off the show with a very telling interview between Congressman Brad Sherman and SEC Chairman Gary Gensler. But before we do that, how you feeling, my friend? And thanks for making time for us. Bro, blessed, man. It's always uh, that high you come back of uh, when you come back from a conference, man, just trying to get prepared for the real world. Because we do. if you guys have never been to a conference, like we talk about it all the time, you just can't understand it unless you're there. The, the life-changing moments, the relationships, and just the high vibration is just crazy. And now we go into that, and we're getting started with our next boot camp that starts tomorrow. So it's exciting times, man. I miss you guys. Like, really, I fucking miss you. And hold on, big shout-out. Abs, you absolutely destroyed the stage, bro. Hands down, the best host out there in the game. Um, and I'm, I don't switch to the other side. I like girls, but Abs, you're pretty as hell, man, even in person. My boy, that's a beautiful man, like a beautiful man. And Johnny Crypto, just like everyone else on stage for the weekend, man, you guys killed it. Johnny, you're a badass. Thank you so much, Billy. I always appreciate when you call me beautiful, but we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We're about three followers away from 3,800. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. Johnny Crypto, the Bitcoin fear and greed index is down 18 basis points from last week, sitting at a neutral in 50. When we check out some of the daily movers, it is red across the board. We've got Render down 19%, XRD down 18%, and FTT down 5%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.18 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 20%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $28,000. Ethereum, 1,900. XRP is 46 cents. And for anybody who's looking at the uh, at the YouTube feed right now, it is clearly a red day in the market. Most tokens are down about 5% across the board, but we'll scroll down to Quant Network. 
sitting at 111 this morning. And Johnny Crypto, we're going to skip past this introduction to the market and get right into this video because I saw it this morning and I immediately thought of you, my friend. But before we do that, we got over 200 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And right now, throughout this episode today, we are going to show you how America has plans not only to adopt cryptocurrency, but how the game is being exposed before our eyes. So we're going to play this short clip and go back to the group here. Here we go. Our payment system, you got Apple Pay, comes right out of your checking account. It's not as good as what the crypto world promises they'll deliver in some future decade, but it's way better than what the crypto world delivers now. And I am sure that uh, uh, payment systems using the dollar will get better. So what is the problem? In the current environment, we are failing at making this happen as a country. Our regulation is currently chaos for stable coins. If I am an issuer and I want to create a stable coin, I technically don't know if I'm going to be answering to a state regulator, a federal banking regulator, the SEC, the CFTC. And it puts you in the same position as if you were out with friends and you were going to play you know, some sports game and somebody tells you, well, we may enforce the rules of baseball or football or basketball, and we're not going to tell you which in advance, and maybe some of them will all apply at the same time. It's unworkable. The problem is it's damn hard to cheat on your taxes, and it's damn hard to run a drug sales operation with the U.S. dollar. As blockchains have a significant degree of transparency that's not present in markets like actual cash markets, right? When somebody transacts on a blockchain, it's public. We may not always know right now who transacted, but you know the amount, the time, the wallets they traded with, what they sent back and forth. And with the richness of data, it's just a matter of time until you can identify the wallets. This is a huge data analysis tool to enforce our rules on the financial system that we are potentially giving away. So while we have representatives like Brad Sherman out of California, not only criticizing blockchain, but labeling it as being nefarious, using to being used to sell drugs, just old, outdated headlines. Nobody even cares anymore, Brad. We've heard these headlines for years and years and years. And when it comes to nefarious activity, we know that more drug deals are done in the U.S. dollar than has ever been done in the Bitcoin or crypto ecosystem combined. So just to dispel a lot of the BS that's going on today, Johnny, before we play the end of this clip, how do you feel about Brad Sherman trying to annex crypto? Well, we had another uh, congressman clearly highlighting how this is a data information tool and not just about currency. Well, this is this is it. You are seeing the battle. People have chosen their sides. This guy is obviously on the Senator Warren anti-crypto committee, right? And then I showed you the senators, or we on the show, I should say, have showed you the senators you should get behind who are supporting it. Hold up. Let me pull them up. There we go. As your senators, right? This is the 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 lines have been the lines have been drawn in the sand, Abs. Now the question is, you know, are we going to see the battle happen where it needs to happen, which is in Congress, where they need to work together and find and settle the differences and get some damn regulation out there? Um, because the guy who answered the question, what was his name, Austin Campbell, I think, or the guy who was answering, Hallelujah to him. I mean, he's he nailed it spot on. Exactly what the problem is is we need they need they need that clarity so that a stable coin can go out there and can do exactly what the senator said, Sherrard or Sherrard or Sherman or whatever his name was. He basically said, Oh, yeah, you're saying crypto can do it better. Yes, yes, it can do it better, it can do it faster. Just let it happen. But you know, right now, 
I think we know why it hasn't happened. We're waiting for for the for the for the the big companies to get themselves in position, and I think when they do, then then it will happen. Abs, that's my guess. Johnny Crypto, I got to get a quick comment in here. You accidentally blocked Tony Bag. Oh, yes, Tony. Can you totally unblock awesome. him? Is there a way to unblock him? Because this guy's I... we'll figure it out after the show. That's why I always handle the comments, guys. Johnny, well, Crypto, let me just shout he's not out allowed to touch Tony. the cameras, and he's not allowed to touch the camera. Shout out to Tony, man. I love you, brother. Unfortunately, they moved so fast up, and when I went to click block to block the nasty one, it Tony moved in there, and I didn't even know I blocked. Tony, I'm sorry. I apologize. I love you, brother. I didn't mean to block you. Hopefully, we can figure out how to unblock you later. It we was will. not done on purpose. I, my apologies to you, Tony. We love you, brother. Absolutely. And we will figure out a way to unblock you later. But let's actually continue with the show here, guys. And I want to show a couple of key videos before we kick it to Billy. Earlier today, we had former SEC chairman Jay Clayton sitting on Squawk Box and talking about why United States regulation is currently lagging behind. Well, we got some big news out of Coinbase yesterday as Coinbase is making its first move to get out of the United States and move offshore. Billy actually planning to deliver a derivatives exchange in Bermuda as soon as next week. And the reason this is becoming so important right now is while Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken, many of the biggest exchanges in America are moving off season, going into Europe or the Bahamas. Well, what do we have over here? We are debating stable coins. We're debating CBDCs. And of course, we're debating whether decentralized currencies like XRP, Bitcoin, and so on are going to be adopted. And this is a video I think is so important for all of our listeners to be aware of. But guys, we got 248 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this video of Mike Novengratz seemingly defending Ripple against the SEC. Where were these statements when the lawsuit was initially filed? You know, it's been five years, six years, seven years since some of these tokens have been going. And the SEC has been watching them trade. And so it feels quite disingenuous for them to come down and say, oh, by the way, you should have known six, seven years ago. We could have told you what we decided not to tell you six, seven years ago, five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, one years ago, right? Like it, the SEC is in a really weird place here because, again, this is not something that showed up three months ago, right? Uh, and so, I, again, I, I think one of the crypto hopes of the U.S. is that the, the judiciary is less political than the SEC and and the Biden administration, uh, and you know, will 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 be more fair in how they determine uh, right and wrong. The amount of egg that the Biden administration and listen, I'm a lifelong Democrat, a supporter of democratic politics, of progressive politics. Quite frankly, so I'm in this awkward place that you know, my team is 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 behaving in a way that I don't feel is rational or fair. Um, Sam was the biggest donor in the midterms to tons of Democrats. Mm -hmm. Sam was the favorite child at both the CFDC and the SEC, right? I I haven't had one meeting with Gary Gensler at the CFDC at the SEC. Lucky you, Mike Novengratz, because if you did end up meeting with Gary Gensler, I'm sure you would have walked out of his office with a lawsuit in your hand. But this is one of the things I've noticed about the Ethereum Alliance members, Billy, they're coming out in full effect, not only in support of Ripple, but in support of the cryptocurrency industry overall against the battle with the SEC. So I'd like to get some broader statements here. Mike Novengratz, he was one of the people who initially said, I hope Ripple loses this lawsuit. 
Here we have him changing his stance, saying he hopes some of these crypto companies can beat the SEC in order for this technology to thrive within the U.S. So why do you believe Mike Novogratz is changing his stance on the Ripple lawsuit and indirectly supporting them in these statements here? Because the the effects, the Ripple effects from this case is going to be amazing, man. It's going to affect the industry across the, the board. The fact that... Uh, you can't operate if there's no clarity. I mean, if you're if you're always in the in the shadows of worrying about am I going to get sued for this or are we going to get sued for this, you can't operate. You can't have a true vision because you don't know what the boundaries are and what the clarity is. So for Ripple to take SEC to task and actually uh, win the case, there's some precedent set there. You can work inside that precedence and actually get your vision clear and be able to operate uh, within that and build the the company as you want it to be and as it needs to be and what is designed to be. If you don't have clarity, you can't do it. It's just like in life. If you don't, if you don't have a vision of where you're going and what you're doing, you can't operate. You got to know what your boundaries are. And then, you know, what they were saying about uh, that other video that we were watching, the politicians, this is my own opinion, the politicians that hate crypto so much, the reason is, is because of traceability. And you're actually going to be seen for what the hell it is that you're really doing. You can't hide the money anymore. If you're not doing nefarious things, how is this not a good thing? Like if, they're, if you're not getting some kind of kickback in the back end, or some kind of correlation with uh, the politics side of it. We have to take the politics and the money and separate it because as soon as you put politics in anything, it's done, man. It's like a cancer. And that's what we're seeing right now with the politicalization of central bank digital currencies, Johnny. Somebody that I follow every single day is this man named Patrick Bet David, and he's been putting out very, very good information when it comes to central bank digital currencies. He said, what we're seeing today in America is the left has now become pro-CBDC while the right is anti-CBDC. And guys, this is not what we want. We don't need to politicize these arguments. What's bad for the left is bad for the right. And what's good for the right is good for the left. Very interesting to see that they're able to use this political agenda in order to make certain demographics endorse this technology, right? I'm putting that in a very, very politically correct way, Johnny. So I'd like to get some thoughts from you and then we'll continue. I just think that Novan Gratz actually watches our show and heard Jeremy Hogan say, if you if you listen to Hogan, Hogan laid it out. And I think it was educational for a lot of people because a lot of people grabbed, uh, made articles from our show with him on there where he came out and said, if we get a ruling, an appellate ruling in particular, that becomes binding and that changes the game. And that was something that I don't think a lot of people, and I'm sure all the attorneys knew, but the rest of us common folk, I didn't know that. I didn't know what level it needed to be before it became binding. And now we know it has to be the appellate court level. So if you think about it, for all these folks like Novogratz and people who, who are pro-crypto and want to see crypto survive, you actually want to see, this is crazy, you actually want to see either Ripple lose and go to the appellate court and win, or somehow get to the appellate court and win. You want to see Ripple win this case at the appellate court level. That makes it binding, and that rips the teeth right out of the SEC's mouth. They will just be a freaking dog with gums. Nothing. All bark and no bite. That's what will happen. But I think because of the the, the, the SEC losing their power, we'll never get there. Um, I think what we'll get is probably a ruling at the lower level. But to me, I'm wondering, Abs, if people are starting to realize the importance of the ruling and what level the ruling matters and how it can truly impact or completely not impact. If we just get a settlement, then ripple gets to go on their way. They get the blessing. They get to move on and do whatever they want in crypto and nobody else does. So it's going to be very, very interesting. We're going to have to see how this whole thing plays out. 
Hopefully, Judge Torres will make a decision soon and we'll be able to put all this behind us. If there's one of the things that I think is so important to take away from this Mike Novogratz clip here is you can apply what he's saying about Ethereum to basically every other cryptocurrency project in the market today. The SEC earlier this week accused Algorand of not only selling and offering an unregistered security, but they actually have dispelled those claims previously. So we can break that down throughout the episode, but Mike Novogratz said it here. The SEC allowed Ethereum to be traded on American exchanges for six or seven years that means if they come around on the back end and say, hey, actually, you were operating illegally during this whole time, that's on the SEC, not on the retail investor. But we're going to play the end of this clip here and go back to Billy and Johnny. Here we go. And Gary is an ex-partner of mine from Goldman Sachs, and a guy that I'm friendly with and that I spoke to right before he took the job and taught one of his classes when he taught at MIT. Uh, right. So Sam had this pretty position, and then he turns out to be the biggest fraud. And I think they just have so much egg on their face that they're overcorrecting. But the administration, there's some reason Elizabeth Warren really doesn't like crypto and Gary's very close to Elizabeth. They're very influential in Biden, you know, economic policies. Mm -hmm. And so you put it together, it's a really bad environment for crypto. I think it's a terrible decision from their perspective. A, there are 50 million Americans that care a lot about crypto. Some religiously care about it. Some just like it. Uh, They're voters. Uh, And so, you know, pre-SAM, there was a bipartisan movement happening. I was in D.C. and we hosted the Black Blockchain Alliance or caucus. and, And, you know, from Cory Booker to Senator Gildebrand to... You, you name them, there were plenty of people, uh, Senator Haggerty, uh, that were very pro-crypto, that were working on bills uh, to get some rules around this thing. And post-SAM, it just became toxic for, for Democrats. And why did it become toxic for Democrats? Not only because he was the number one political donator behind George Soros, Johnny, but Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX met independently with Gary Gensler in the SEC two times prior to their collapse. Yet when we talk about the Silvergate banking collapse, they have no problem blaming that on crypto. So I'd love to get some broader thoughts here. And then we're going to discuss how Mike Novogratz highlighted something so important. If this innovation is leaving America, it is ending up in other jurisdictions around the world. And yesterday we had Abu Dhabi finally setting up a decentralized economy framework for cryptocurrency to come in. We also had the EU accepting new crypto rules around the world. And the third jurisdiction I think is so important is that Hong Kong previously this week has decided that cryptocurrencies will be taxed as property going forward. So we got China, we've got European nations. Now we've got Abu Dhabi all centering around and making crypto very friendly for their participants while the United States is pushing it aside. What does that mean to you, my friend? That's a that means we're in trouble. <laughs> That's what it means, right? It means, like I said yesterday, and you got upset about it, but we're going to be the little girl holding the dress behind the bride. The bride, man, we're holding that dress so nobody steps on it because we're just going to be a follower. We're just, oh, you're going that way? Okay, I'll go that way. Oh, you're going this way? I'll go this way. We're going to just be like a chooch, you know? We're just going to be following anybody who knows what a chooch is. It's a donkey. We're just going to follow the lead of whatever, wherever everybody else is going. I, I just don't see it any other way at this point, Abs. That's where it looks like it is heading. And by the way, the man was spot on. He said, he said, um, you know, when the whole Sam debacle happened, Basically, we overcorrected. That's exactly what happens in every single damn scenario I've lived in life. Whenever there's a problem, we always swing the pendulum too far the other way. And then, we, and then we 
And then we kind of swing it back some point later on in time because you always over. He said you're overcorrect, and he's absolutely right. We're we're overcorrecting right now. That's exactly what we're seeing. Um, and so hopefully, uh, so here's the good news. I always try to look for the silver lining, right? So the good news is we had all the debacles. Three arrows failed. Uh, uh, Luna failed. Celsius. Celsius failed. Block five failed. Three arrows capital. SVG. All these freaking things failed. The good news is I think the majority of the failures are now out of the system, which means the level of FUD in the the swinging of the pendulum hopefully has gone to the maximum that we're going to see. And soon we'll start to see the pendulum now swing back somewhere in the middle. Because think about this. 50 million Americans, he said, are, are interested or into crypto. Now, the one thing these senators care about, and it's only one thing besides the money, is votes. Now, if the Republican senators or their or their, their, their um, opposition makes crypto a center focus in the next election, they could then get these senators to swing and, and possibly support crypto and get a bill passed if the opposition is smart and they start saying, hey, you know what? You guys against crypto? 50 million people want crypto? I'm going to bring that in as a, as a topic, and I'm going to start talking about it. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. But I'll tell you what, if I was running for Congress, I sure as shit would use that if 50 million people are you are, are, are pro-crypto. Why not tap into that base who are and use that as leverage? And maybe we'll see that happening, and maybe that'll help us get that pendulum more in the middle apps. I'd love to get some thoughts from Billy as well as we're seeing this shift become political size. We're about to break down right now a video in the background describing how CBDCs are going to work in the future. But guys, we got 313 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And as European Parliament is passing new crypto laws, I'd love to remind our listeners of an article that came out just six months ago. As European central banks finalized five partners for the digital euro, including Worldline Bank, which is a Ripple partner. And this is one of the only crypto projects connected to the digital euro. We're seeing Ripple once again come to fruition. So, Billy, I'd love for you to just build off what Johnny had to say there, and then we'll continue with our Ripple content. What does it mean to you? <clears throat> so I would – yeah, I agree with Johnny. I, if if some of these synergies and stuff would take on crypto in a different way, I think they, they would probably uh, do a little bit better. But here, here I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second because uh, – just because I can and I want to. So here we go. Uh, on the politician side, man, when you have lobbyists involved, I feel like the votes don't matter anymore because then you're bought and paid for and you're going to push out whatever you're lobby for. The way politicians work, politicians and senators want to get on committees, right? Most politicians aren't there for the good of the people. They have their own egos and other shit involved. Just my opinion. Whenever they go to get on these committees and they're on the GOP or they're on the Democrats, they are fundraisers. Whoever gets on those committees, it's due to the amount of money that they have raised. They have a certain quota and amount of money they have to raise each quarter to give to their political party. So votes don't matter. Who can get the lobbyists and get paid is what matters in the political arena. Um, And it's just that's where uh, I get kind of sideways and conspiracy theories with the votes and things, because. We have to take lobbyists out of politics. If you introduce money and politics into the same thing, the people who rise to power usually have some bad shit in there because it took money to get there and you didn't do it in the right way with the vote of the people and what the people wanted to do. Hence why we are where we are. So there's only one of two things happening in this country right now with this political system, man. Either it is totally on purpose 
and they're meaning to do this, or these are the most incompetent people you've ever seen in your life. And it could be a little bit of both, man. I mean, just to be real at this point, we, we go from one extreme to the other. But like Johnny said, uh, we have a tendency as a country, especially when you introduce uh, government into it, they go from one extreme to the other. We're over here arguing about crypto coins, and I'm just going to be real. We don't even know what a boy and a girl is over here anymore. So, you know, I'm kind of losing faith in our politicians a little bit. If we can't even get that shit straight, what are we doing about crypto? No, I, think, I, I think we do know what boys and girls are, but they're trying to make <laughs> us very, very confused. But guys, I'm a 25-year-old adult. I'll make my own decisions here. And one of the things that I'm going to make a decision on is whether or not to trust Gary Gensler. Well, this is a very telling clip. We're going to play this and go back to Billy. Here we go. About, you, you mentioned your hearing about the recent events in the markets. And I would note there were three banks that failed uh, in those handful of days, those, last, those four or five days. And two of those banks, the first and the third that failed, Silvergate and uh, Signature, were engaged in the crypto business. I mean, some would say they were, you know, crypto banks. So it's interesting just how this was all and some crypto Thank you. narrative as well. It is a mismatch. This is what's so perfect. Not only does she rebuttal and just dispel all the claims that Gary made, if we take these SEC commissioners at their word, we're going to believe lies. What he just described right there is an outright lie. None of it is true. He said that Silicon Valley's bank was due to a crypto collapse. It's the opposite. The banking collapse is what affected the cryptocurrency market. And one of the FDIC members is going to actually explain that to Gary right here. So I'll play this and go to Johnny. Here we go. More that the failure of Signature Bank was related to crypto. What we saw with Signature Bank is that it had a new fashioned bank run and the outflow of deposits uh, were from a broad depositor base, including wholesale food vendors, uh, fiduciaries, trust accounts, law firms. And in fact, the outflow of crypto deposits were in exact proportion to their representation in the depositor base overall. Uh, and in fact, some of those deposit outflows were actually pre-planned. So it's, of course, unfortunate that there was a run on the bank in, at Signature prompted by what we saw with, with SVB. Um, but it is not the case that the failure of Signature was related to crypto. Boom. Right there pretty much says it all, Johnny. And one of the things that we've noticed throughout these claims, you know what? Open floor, my friend. Go ahead. Ah, you, so you stole my words. Boom. Is <laughs> That's a big – she done throwing a bomb right in that so bitch and blew them all up. They're like, what? What are you talking about? Because the whole narrative was, oh, crypto took the bank down. But we all knew that wasn't true. See, we're on this show. We're so far ahead of the curve. We knew because Barney Frank came out the very next day and said, what the hell are you guys doing? Why are you shutting down Signature Bank? He's like, what are you talking about? We're solid. We don't have no problem. We don't have an issue. Yeah, we had a bank run. Okay, it happens. You know, and, and, and obviously, I would, I would, if I, you know, investigate who started that bank run, let's find out what really happened because it sounds like it was planned to take them down. And we know why because Gary told you that those two banks were known as the crypto banks. And we know, let's just put two and two together. It's pretty simple. Crypto banks, Operation Choke Point, makes all sense. So we're going to shut them down and choke it out, right? And there you go. So pretty obvious. But Barney came out and said, guys, we're not insolvent. Well, we don't have a crypto problem. But here's here's the true telltale side. So Signature Bank now got bought out. All their assets got bought out by another bank. I forgot the name of the bank. Um, but here's what's interesting, Apps. Everything got bought out. So everything's safe. Everything's operating. Except the crypto clients, the crypto customers, they left them hanging. So they basically said, oh, we're going to take everything else and we're going to continue business as usual. But screw the crypto client, guys. We're going to let them die. And that's basically what happened. So come on. The writing's on the wall. It's all out there in public. You can see the information that's out there. People are writing about it. People are talking about it. 
But that's what happened is, guys, we all know that basically crypto, we know we're in the fight you stay jobs. And so these are the things they're doing. And now, you know, there's only one bank left out there. I'm, I'm afraid to even say their name because I don't want any attention drawn to them. Those poor bastards are probably under a lot of heat right now. But we need them to survive or we need some of the other bigger banks to take a position and support crypto. And that's really going to be the key. Keep an eye out to see which one of the major big banks, Bank of America, JP Morgan, Chase, I'm sure I'm forgetting a few, which one of them takes up the mantle and says, hey, we're going to support crypto or we're going to take over that business. If you see that happening, you now know the battle is just about over. The pendulum is in the middle. And that's actually going to be really, really, really good times for the crypto industry. And that's what I'm keeping my eye out on, you know, for as we look in the future. This is what we want to see, Abs. Absolutely, guys. And we've got another interesting video to play for you. As Elon Musk was talking about the impending recession that America is going to have to deal with, it's a very simple economic equation. Print money, get inflation. At some point, we're going to have to deal with the over $4 trillion that were printed since March of 2020. But guys, we got 337 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this video of Elon Musk and Tucker Carlson discussing inflation in the United States. <laughs> so inflation is going to happen no matter what. If you increase the money supply, um, you get inflation. Right. So there's no, there's not some magical cure for getting rid of inflation, um, except to increase the productivity, the output, output of uh, goods and services. So if you say like, like what is money? Um, you've got, you've got, you've got these sort of, um, it's basically the numbers in a database that's sum up to some, come up to some total. Then you've got the uh, output of goods and services of the economy and the, as long as the ratio of money to ratio of, of goods and services stays, if that, if that stays constant, you have no no inflation. If uh, if you add more money, if you add money to the system faster than you increase uh, goods and services, right. then you have inflation. Um, so all of these COVID sort of stimulus bills uh, were not paid for. They were they were just generated more uh, currency, more, more you know uh, more, more money was 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 created because. The, the the federal government uh, the checks never the, the, the checks always pass uh, you know until, unless you hit a debt limit which there's probably going to be some debt limit crisis later this year but uh, provided you haven't hit the debt limit the the federal government uh, unlike state governments or city governments uh, or individuals can simply issue more money um, and that's what they did um, I mean as old saying goes that there's no there's no free lunch. Um, so, uh, if you could just issue massive amounts of money without negative consequences, why don't we just take that to the limit and make everyone a trillionaire? There you go. And you have it. And we've actually heard billionaires throughout the world like Chameth chime in on this and say, the reason, the way that you get rid of poverty is by increasing the wealth so much that nobody is extremely wealthy and no one is extremely poor, but that's much easier said than done, Billy. I'd like to just get some closing statements in regards to what Elon Musk had to say on inflation. Very simple equation here. He breaks it down. When you print money more rapidly than services grow, inflation arises, and there's really no way to combat, combat that inflation unless letting the currency sit. So what does that mean to you, Billy? Uh, with us, man, we print money like it's not, it's nothing. Um, even when we pass our bills, uh, for our new debt limits and things like that, half the time they don't even read what they pass. 
they pass it and there's oh, so much just BS and social spending and, and all that BS out there. I will say this, man, you know, rich people talk about all the time. If, you know, everybody didn't have to worry about money and things like that, like you said, that's very hard to do. But the, the real issue in the world, I think, is mental health, man. Um, I don't think it's even if you were to go to a homeless community um, and take those people, go put them into an apartment, get them set up, um, get them a job. Nine times out of 10, they will end up homeless again within six months. And the reason is, is because it's a mental health issue, man. We got we got another. It's the real pandemic. I know we went through the C word and everything like that. But until we get people fixed up here and understand what's really going on, it's hard to understand the the money supply and things like that for people. Um, and I know I totally went off on a tangent. My bad, bro. No, that's completely okay. I'm going to play one more clip and then we'll get back to our crypto-related content. Here we go. Hey, real quick, last question. I think it might have came up. You were Hillary Clinton's uh, CFO in the campaign, right? It's part of my history. Were you? Yes or no? In 2016. Did you facilitate the payment for the Steele dossier since you were CFO of the Hillary Clinton campaign? Sir. Yes or no? Sir. Yes or no? That, that was... That was not the chief financial officer for the Hillary Clinton campaign. He's claiming he was not aware of the steel dossier purchase, which is impossible. So Billy open floor, bro. That don't help you in the court of law. Just because you say you didn't know don't mean nothing. You got that CFO title, bro. You're responsible for everything that comes through there. And what's really telling, watch that man's face and the little bit of life he has in left in his old ass, leave his body. When he asked that question, his eye twitched, man, and his hand started shaking. It, dude, these are some of the him and Janet, uh, I swear to God, they're like brother and sister looking at them. It's like, Beavis and Butthead watching on, on the screen. Uh, but it's crazy watching that. I didn't know that. I remember sending it to you in the group chat and you guys were telling me about it. That blows my mind. If there's not even more connections in there, it's uh, come on, come on. Absolutely. And Johnny Crypto, getting away from Gary Gensler and, and into some more important crypto related oh, content. Before you leave Gensler, dude, I think Gensler saw a ghost. <laughs> His face, he turned about as white as he could turn. He's like, holy shit. And you know what I feel bad for? We got to keep an eye on that senator. <laughs> I'm sure that senator got his ass chewed out for asking Gensler that question. Uh, but you know what? Kudos to him. That was a tough question to ask. But he did it anyway. And yeah, you're just like, yeah, he's like, like, like Billy said, man, the life just got sucked right out of him. He turned it white as a ghost. White like Casper, baby. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Absolutely, guys. And check out this latest update out of Do Kwon. A tether stick was found inside of the Terra founder Do Kwon through a thorough inspection of his body. Anybody who's watching on YouTube, you can see it yourself. I don't know if he went through the back end to get this in here or if he swallowed it and then now it's ended up there. But what's very interesting is this man put his ledger inside of his body and x-rays revealed that's where it was, Johnny. So going to extreme lengths to check and save your key phrases this is a primary example. What do you think about this? I don't even know what to think of this. Jesus Christ, I'm so confused. Why would he need? I mean, I'm confused here. Is this because is this just a security thing? Is this because he, you know, he's the most wanted man in the world? I don't I don't even know how to explain. And to be honest with you, looking where it is, I mean, 
that's a very difficult place to get it right there, unless if you're a, fee, a female. Well, like, not, not if you've been to jail, bro. It's called prison. Yeah. No, <laughs> backside there, baby. Maybe, maybe. No, I ain't been to jail. No, I don't plan on being there. But I guess the, this is a new version of soap on the rope. I guess, Billy. <laughs> so I don't. I abs. I guess you know when you. I well, here's the thing, abs. When you steal that much money as he did from the public, I guess you gotta find a safe place to put your wallet. Because the guy did steal a bunch of billions from people, so I guess uh, the safest place would be, I guess, in your in your um, bunk hole. How, how did you even get to that? Like, how did they get to a point where they said we're going to X-ray your body, bro? Uh, he probably went through one of those airport security things, you know. <laughs> <That'd be fucking laughs> I'm guessing. I don't know. That's kind of crazy, man. That is that is that is it's definitely crazy, Johnny. But getting back to our crypto-related content here, we've got a great update out of Stellar this week as Stellar is launching an international transaction service, making it as easy to text as it is to send money. And when we talk about Stellar developments, we've got a key video to show you later today from one of their founders, Jed McCaleb, stating at some point, the internet will have a native currency. So Stellar's vibrant wallet is easing, in, is easing out the international remittance process. The digital transaction platform Stellar is one of the pioneers in cross-border digital transactions and now they've come up with a pay-by-the-phone attribute to make this process as easy as sending a text message. So what is this? Pay-by-the-phone is specially designed to make the remittance money transfers simple and the receiver not even needed to have a bank account in order to receive money. Banking the unbanked is not their motto. It's more about trading all DeFi and TradeFi benefits to the unbanked as well. Vibrant users can make transactions in Stellar assets as well as USDC, ARST, and XLM. This is going to be rolling around, rolling out in about 15 regions around the world, including the United States, Mexico, Argentina, Ukraine, El Salvador, Costa Rica, and Uruguay. This is a massive development, Johnny, when it comes to remittance services, because currently it can charge up to 15% in order to send your money. So for every $100, you can be sending $12 or $15 back to the banks. What does it mean to you that Stellar's launching this product right now? Damn. Um, well, it means that someone's gonna be paying a shit ton of fees, but let me tell you what's really going on here. So this is something I saw back in the, in the early, early days when abs, you were, were you in diapers? Yeah, you were in diapers. So when you were in diapers in 2001 or 99, uh, there was this technology called Bluetooth that came out and you all know what Bluetooth is today. But when, when, when I first heard of Bluetooth, there were 17 other technologies and I forgot most of them now. But it was Bluetooth. It was this. It was that. All these different things. And we were trying to decide as an industry what is going to be the short-range communication protocol that's going to put that's going to get put in everything: phones, cameras, and everything, right? All devices, Zigbee, and all these different things. So it turned out at the end of the day, Bluetooth won the battle. So Bluetooth is in everything. But before that happened, everybody had their own different way of doing things, right? There were all these different protocols, and that's what you're seeing here. So what you're seeing here is this technique or this method or this approach is what you just described was, I think you said it was being sent by a text message. You send a text message and boom, it transfers money. That's one way to do it. And there's going to be a digital Bitcoin. There'll be a digital blockchain version of a cash app or a Zelle or a Venmo that's going to have it. And then it's going to be some, there's going to be all these different methods of ways to leverage blockchain technology to send money. And we don't know who's going to win yet. We just have no idea. The text one kind of sounds cool, but I do worry about like, how do I, you know, do I just send Billy a text and the money's there? That could be kind of cool. I mean, you know, I guess that's a, yeah, Billy's like, send me that, send me that sandwich. So I think, you know, I think we're going to have to see 
which one of these, but it is a cool, clever way to do it, Abs. I don't know which one of these is going to win in the long run. I think you're, so here's what I think you're going to see. You're going to see a bunch of different things happening because what happens whenever there's a new technology is everybody wants it. Everybody wants to be the winner. So everybody comes out with these ideas. They all get thrown against the wall like spaghetti and you see what sticks. And typically one or two or three ideas get adopted by the public or, or there's larger companies pushing an idea so that one or two of them does get adopted. So I don't know which one's going to work, but I can kind of see people getting very comfortable. Everybody loves sending text, but nobody talks anymore. Everybody sends text messages. This could be potentially the, the killer app that really makes it happen. I don't know. And then that would literally mean that Stellar would kind of, XLM would kind of be in the lead there. So very, very interesting. That's what's great about this show. We always bring you the latest things up to date and try to comment on what we think is happening here. And this could be a very, very interesting one to watch, Abs. I will definitely be keeping my eye on this solution. It can be something that I can – well, let's get a poll. Let's get a poll of our, our guys in the chat. Hey, guys, if you would use a text message to send money to a friend, a family member, or, or a stranger, put a one in the chat. If you would not use a text message to send money to a friend, a stranger user, put a two in the chat, and let's get a quick poll and see what people think. Absolutely, guys. We've got another amazing update. This is from Brad Kimes discussing what is happening behind the scenes between Ripple and the United States Faster Payment Council as there could be a collaboration as we forecast over 5.5 million crypto users by 2023. So this is pretty exciting development here. Here we go. We're talking about a 350% increase in just three years when it comes to crypto payment transaction volume. That is a massive growth right there. And it's only going to continue to increase and compound as we move further. Now let's move forward here and go to the next page here. On six, it says to here, other Ripple research reports show these growth trends showing uh, swelling payment volumes increase. This further emphasizes the need for global policymakers to take note. According to the World Economic Forum, G20 leaders now prioritize blockchain technology. They're all prioritizing blockchain technology. Listen, there is going to be something to come here. Broader stablecoins adoption for payments can likely be attributed to cost savings. Listen to the cost savings. This is just with stable coins. Cross-border payments using a stable coin is up to 80% less expensive. Wow. 80% less expensive. That is remarkable, that number. And do you really believe that they're debating whether this technology is going to be used behind the scenes? Absolutely not, guys. And we're going to bring you an article or a video from one of the lead officials at Ripple describing why this is not a choice, but this will happen at some point. In the case of uh, using ODL on demand liquidity, the solution that's started by Ripple, there is zero nostro account balances that are required. So exactly what is going to happen is GBP in real time will get converted to XRP. XRP within two seconds will travel to Philippines and in Philippines, it'll get converted to Philippines peso and the payoff will happen. And this can happen throughout the day. There's no need to create no need to create nostro bounds. It happens 24-7, real time, with real time rates on both the sides. The, the execution is very fast. There is almost no friction and there is zero working capital that's required. That means all this cost, which was inherent in the parallel system, can now go and go back to the customers and then we can all essentially enjoy much cheaper, faster and more efficient. So not only what is he describing here as a global economy, Johnny, he's describing the removal of Nostra Vostro accounts. And for anybody who doesn't know what those are, a bank in England and a bank in America were going to transfer money. There would need to be a million dollars in America and a million dollars in Europe for when that transaction is received. 
when you switch to a real-time payment system, you only need half that money. You only need the money in America initially. Then you can instantly send that overseas and have it be realized without ever needing the million dollars on the back end. So why is that so important? That means all of that money that is held in Nostro Vostro accounts can be put into the economy going forward. Then you wouldn't actually have to uh, increase What's the word I'm looking for? You wouldn't have to print more money to increase the liquidity supply. Instead, you could just release these accounts from banks and increase the liquidity liquidity supply without ever increasing the actual dollar amount. So pretty interesting concept there. What do you think, Reda? Well, yeah, you just described it. So <laughs> that's pretty much how it works. So you pretty much said it. Um, I guess that's the advantage of the system is being able to take the friction out and be able to make it move fast and efficient. The only, the only thing that that hits my mind when I think about that is almost any, not almost any, but there are a good amount of cryptocurrencies that can move that fast. And so it's not just Ripple that can service or XRP that can service that market, you know, Hedera and there's other things that can move quickly. And again, you can buy a pile of it and send it very quickly and have it over there. So I do think, Abs, that that is, to me, the big question is, you know, who will be the winner here? Because I think multiple technologies are there. But Abs, I have to, absolutely have to address this this question here. Um, I get, I, I, yeah, I've seen it a couple times. So just for the record, folks, no, this is not the same shirt I've been wearing all week. I have about 12 Merlin shirts. Some have a little logo. Some have a big logo. Some have it up high. Some have it up low. So I just to assure you, thank you very much. I, I know you guys care about my cleanliness. I do wash my shirts every day. And this is not the same one I wore yesterday. Go watch the video and you'll see it's different. But yeah, thank you for your concern. But the shirt is a new shirt every single day. Sorry, I didn't want to disrupt the show, but I just got tired of seeing that comment over and over again. that's okay i would hope that you're wearing a different shirt but if not we are in separate buildings so wouldn't bother me that much guys we got a cool video to play for the end of our episode today talking about how the cryptocurrency growth is exponential and much greater than many people are anticipating properties as soon as they see as possible so look i've seen these disruptions one of the things that's also important to note is that it, they're not linear they're exponential which means there's an acceleration phase, and this is where you want to get in. You don't want to get in when it's obvious to everybody, because then it's a bit late. So if you're lucky to be here, to be in the space, to see what's happening, this is the right time to get in. We're excited to build this with you. Come build this with us. Let's build it together. Absolutely. I got to love that. Uh, Billy, I'd love to just give you a chance to close out the episode. We often talk about how we're so early. It can feel like we're late. When we look at the market overall, the institutions are lining up behind the scenes and waiting for officials like Gary Gensler to give them approval to use these tokens. At the end of the day, we described it throughout the episode and throughout the week. This technology is going to be adopted regardless of the headlines that they roll out. So what does it mean to you right here? He's breaking it down in order to create generational wealth. You need to be a contrarian. You know, it's one of those things. If you can, if you can get yourself set up right now, the two skill sets that I recommend everybody go learn two things, get educated in crypto, understand what that is and how it correlates with uh, the upcoming events that we talk about all the time. The second part of that is AI. If you're building a business and you can integrate AI in crypto into your business, you're going to be so far ahead of the game that when shit really pops off, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to just exponentially explode, man. Um, 
like they said, it's a freight train that's already left, like Rosie Rio said. You're not stopping it. You might as well understand what's coming. Don't be scared of it. Be prepared of it. I know it's a lot of unknown and a lot of shit that we don't know about, but that's why we're here in the academy. Imagine it was like me and Johnny was talking about before we got on the show. We made an investment in 3T. And when we went to Sedona, we didn't know what we were going to have. But that one investment that has blossomed so much. Imagine taking that little bit of time and investing it in, you know, researching crypto a little bit more and do your own research and then adding an AI touch into that because this stuff is coming. It's not going to stop. I don't care who's going to try to stop it. It's, it's here. You need to understand it and actually try to utilize it. And you can change your life with this stuff, man. Whether you understand it or not, if you learn how to utilize it, you can change your life. <clears throat> you know, Billy, spot on abs. I mean, the reality is while we're getting it, while we're being slowed down in the U.S., the rest of the world is moving forward with crypto. There ain't no doubt about it. We're seeing the adoption. We're seeing we're seeing their governments making rules and actions to accept it and promote it and create innovation in this space. It's going to happen. It's just going to be a little more painful in the U.S. But I will tell you this, Abs. I don't know if you've seen the chat, but there is a shit ton of number ones in there, which means people were, are very willing to send a text message and use that, which tells me. After this show, remind me, I'm going to buy me some more XLM. I am seriously going to load up because I, I I was surprised to see an overwhelming response. All ones, only a couple twos, which means the majority of people are very comfortable sending a text message. I'm really not surprised because that's all we do is send text messages these days. But I'll tell you what, that tells me definitely make sure you got some XLM in your bag. If you want to have an XLM horse in your stable, that's for freaking sure. That's not financial advice, not a financial advisor. Do your own research, but I'll tell you what, I definitely am happy I got some XLM. Awesome, guys, and we're going to show you the smartest way to track your crypto. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and totals since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto, Johnny, and that is becoming more important by the day as we exit this bear market and possibly head into some more bullish territory. And guys, the best part about our application is you get to do 30 days absolutely free utilizing our technology and then hopefully signing up for a monthly membership right after the fact. So Johnny, any brief comments? Yeah, I guess I got to answer this question. Why do we call it Merlin? That's a great question. Well, think about it, guys. Merlin was one of the smartest wizards out there and Merlin will be the smartest way to track your crypto. And just like a wizard, uh, we will you know import that data, get it in there and be able to help you track your crypto. So um, yeah, we're super excited about it. Can't wait to get it out there and put it in the hands of people. So they can finally be able to simplify their lives and be able to track something that's very, very important to them. So be on the lookout. It's coming this quarter. Hopefully, if all goes well, click on the link below, sign up on the on the wait list, get your free 30-day trial. And here's a closing video about central bank digital currencies. Here we go. 
cryptocurrency, which is, by the way, not currency at all. It's software. But they're going to do it for your own good. Obviously, this is a tool of total social control. If they control your money, if they can zero out your bank account with a keystroke, then you have no autonomy. They control you. Well, in the state of South Dakota, legislators just passed a bill that would have changed the definition of money to exclude cryptocurrency, and that would put the state on a path to centralized digital currency. I became aware of this bill. It wasn't introduced until almost halfway through our legislative session. We started reading through this bill that was over 110 pages long. It was sold as an update to the guidelines of the Universal Commercial Code, backed by all of our financial institutions, our banks, as we started reading through it, we saw the section of the bill that changed the definition of currency. And essentially what it did was pave the way for a government-led uh, CBDC, and it also banned any other form of cryptocurrency or Bitcoin or digital currency that existed. So, so what's so important about that video, Johnny, is the fact that that's not a negotiation. That bill already passed. So I don't really know what that means because obviously Bitcoin and all these other decentralized currencies exist in the United States. But that shows you where our politicians' heads are at. They want to monopolize the currency to control the money, which controls the information, to control the people. Same thing as always. What's it mean to you, my friend? Yeah, it's a very worrisome thing. Um, with it being passed, it certainly, I mean, they can execute whatever's written on that paper at any time. I don't know. Somebody's asking the name of the bill, Abs. I don't know what the name of the bill is. Um, but that, that is a very concerning thing and we're going to have to see, you know, if they're going to enforce it, you know, but the reality is it's out there and, and it can be, um, sorry, well, just to go back. One thing I did want to say, uh, people had asked for Merlin, when you sign up, check your spam box. Sometimes it, the emails will go to your spam and you need to unspam it or make us, you know, unhide it, uh, or make us a friend so that all your future notifications won't go there or you won't know when we launch. But yeah, Abs, this is very, very concerning. I would, um, we definitely have to keep an eye on what's happening there on this bill. Thank you, Billy. And for one of the, I mean, thank you, Johnny. And the bill's name, actually, it's a currency bill that was passed several months ago. It is called 10492, Banknote 10492. You guys can go and check that out and look at the details. But to close it out for the show today, Billy, what caught your attention? Uh I'd like to go back in time and see what was going on in the media when that bill passed and see what was popping off, because that's a pretty important bill that you don't hear anything about. I will say, how many times have you guys seen the actual details of a bill pushed out before your, your politician voted for it? They don't read it, man. They just push it. So be educated. Find out what's going on, just like Ab said. Um, do your own research and, and find out what's going on around you. It affects you. Absolutely, guys. And we got 296 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And to close out today's episode, I'm going to give you a brief reminder that XRP is going to be added to Ripple's liquidity hub in the near future, as the liquidity hub has always been touted as a product designed to access liquidity from a wide variety of assets, not just XRP. Aldorati noted that most of the institutional clients in the U.S. are institutions, and these clients demand a broader variety of assets such as Bitcoin, Ethereum and stable coins, not just XRP. So a little bit positive news to end this uh, content on a Friday. We're going to close it out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Billy. And thank you to Abs, I guess, me, myself. We got 301 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to see you guys in 72 hours. Like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go.